Hello guys, welcome here to another edition of Tinkle Sports Talk. Um, if you saw our Instagram, um, you saw we did a little bit of behind-the-scenes action here. <laughs> um, it was pretty fun. Um, we might do a little bit more of that in the future, but I don't know. Um, we need to be more active on Instagram, don't we? Yeah, well, we need to be more active on uh, social media in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right below is where how you can find us on social media. That's our tag. Um, so um, follow follow us on social media at Tinkle Sports. Um, excuse me. Um, anyway, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk the World Series. We've also got the Week Seven NFL recap. We got our Week Eight predictions, and we got Tinkle on this. And we might have a little bit of a moral discussion at the end if we have time so let's actually get right into it so we hopefully do have some time to talk about it so the atlanta braves on friday night they took a two to one series lead entering saturday um in the world series um and the braves by the way won seven innings um a combined no hitter they did pull the starter of course in the uh, world series you technically don't really see pitchers go the full nine innings because they need them for relief in the other games if necessary um anyway jason um they're the still the city of chokers the atlanta braves um but um what are your thoughts here on the two to one lead uh it looks uh, you know it looks good for them right now but Houston has been there, done it. Yes, I know the whole thing with, you know, cheating Fuck and all Altuve. that other stuff. But, again, they've been there before. Know what, you know, has to be done to win a World Series. Atlanta, to my knowledge, it's been a while. So It's been years, but, you know. But, um, taking a 2-1 lead is a good thing. Doesn't mean that promises you uh, a chance to win the World Series, but it's a good start. But the problem is, like I said, the Astros, you know, like I said, they've been there, done that before. They've, they know what needs to be done to rally the team to go on a nice run to, you know, win it all. So if I'm Atlanta, you really got to focus on the next few games at hand because, you know, all you got to do is win mm -hmm. two more games. So you need a focus and be like, hey, w what can we do to win these next two games to, yeah. you know, to knock them out? But just know that it's not going to be easy. Yeah, exactly. And also Houston has home field advantage. Another thing that's a little bit um, difficult for them. So the last time the uh, Braves won the World Series is 1995. Um, their last appearance in the World Series came in 1999. Um, that was their last NL pennant. Um, much has been said about their infield. They have supposedly the best infield in all of baseball right now. Um, and clearly it's extended even into the pitching. Um, and personally, I'm rooting for the Braves anyway because Eddie Rosario is on the Braves. Um, the Twins made a huge mistake letting him go last year and to see him get a world series it would be great um but you know um the other thing is the braves have to find a way to not choke this away because their city let's face it their city has a notorious record for choking 
in big games um, yeah. <laughs> and for choking on the big stage. Um, hence why we haven't seen the Atlanta Falcons in so long in the playoffs, um, let alone being competitive. Um, so ultimately, though, I guess the big thing is what would be your prediction now? How many games is it going to take and who wins it? How many more games is it going to take? I mean, it's what? Like, how many games in general and who wins the series? Um, probably six. Uh, and then I, I want to say probably... Probably the Braves in six. Yeah. I'm going to agree here, but I'm actually going to say Braves in seven. Um, I think they're going to get a three-to-one lead. Um, again, the the fourth game is tonight, or I'm sorry, Saturday night. So by now they're either up three to one or down or tied two to two. Um, but if either way, I think it's going to be a seven game series. I think the Braves come out with it again. That stellar infield that they got, they got decent pitching. Um, I I just don't see like you know, to be honest. The Astros are still a good team, which is why I think it's going to be a seven-game series. Seven series because I don't think they're going to go away. And the Astros still have something to prove, by the way. Keep in mind, the Astros, um, still in that cheating scandal, um, you know, they want to prove to their fan base that they are still a legitimate team, um, and they want to prove, you know, that they can win without cheating. So that way people get off their backs, although that'll never go away in this lifetime, I'm sure. Right. Um, so, but they still want to prove it to themselves. They want to prove it to all the haters out there, and I don't blame them. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, let's go Braves. I can't do the celebration. By the way, there was some controversy there in the crowd. Apparently the crowd did the... Uh, tomahawk chop or something i i don't know um i i'm not gonna show it here because i don't want to offend anybody but apparently their fans got in a lot of trouble for that um so anyway let's move on um because we're not gonna have that discussion here um <clears throat> anyway week seven nfl recap i think jason started off last time so Maybe I'll start this one off today. Okay. <laughs> so, um, put some respect on the running backs in the MVP race. That's the first bullet point. Um, Derrick Henry, um, you know, we know the MVP is notorious for being a quarterback award. But, I right. mean, Derrick Henry is a human cheat code at running back. Okay, it doesn't matter if you had Nate Peterman at quarterback. I think he could still... Make Peterman, he could take the pressure off a, a semi decent quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, by no means, is a great quarterback. Oh, no. But <laughs> um, the fact that he takes so much pressure off of him and allows him to really um, take a break, it's good, honestly. And I think, you know, Derrick Henry, he's not in the front running for this MVP race, but he very well should be. Um, right. Keep in mind the last MVP season for a running back, 2012, with Adrian Peterson. So that's my first point. Yeah, uh, Derrick Henry honestly has been looking a hell of a lot better than a lot of 
these other so-called MVPs right now, honestly, because yeah. he literally is the whole entire Titans offense mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. they have Julio Jones and A.J. And Brown. He's out today. Yeah, Julio is Julio is out today. I don't know about A.J. Brown. I would assume he's playing. But Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown are going to be two of the top guys for Indianapolis to go after. Which shouldn't be hard to take out A.J. Brown. You just got to double him up. But you can't take out Derrick Henry. You cannot take out Derrick Henry unless you have one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. Can I tell you, I mean, I'm not really good at comparisons, but can I just say that this kind of reminds me of Jerome Bettis. He is so hard to bring down. Um, Derrick Henry is kind of like a Jerome Bettis. He's kind of like a Marshawn yeah. Lynch. He's kind of the... like LeGarrette Blunt in his prime. LeGarrette Blunt was hard to take down. Right. But the um, only thing is, Bus was big and kind of on the yeah, you know, but chunky, was... chunky side. Derrick Henry's all fucking muscle. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some fat, but there is that, that man is mostly muscle. Yeah. And the thing is, he's got such strong arms to be able to stiff-arm someone across the field. Sorry, Jason, but Josh Norman. All right. um, actually, you know, he did it to a Packers. Actually, no, he did it to a Chiefs. Wait. Yeah, but come on, it's no, the he, Chiefs. Oh, no, no, he did, it, he did it to the Bills again. Yeah. He actually had a, um, a defensive lineman that he just, like, tossed mm-hmm. aside like it was nothing. And I don't know if you watched much of that game, but he goes into preparation. He actually works on stiff arming in the off season when he mm-hmm. is doing all of his crazy workouts. So that man is notoriously good at just stiff arming anything yeah. that comes his way. That's why I say if you're going to tackle Derrick Henry, you go for his legs. You don't go for his body. You yeah. go after his legs. That's where they're most vulnerable. Oh, man, exactly. But, yeah, put some respect on his name for MVP. That's yeah, my please. Um, can I also just say point number two? Um, the the AFC is way too close to call right now. Um, let's face it, mm-hmm. we, thought, we thought the Ravens were in it after last week. Then the Ravens get blown out by the Bengals. The right. Bengals. Um, then, of course, the Bills get beat by the Titans. The Chiefs get beat brutally by the Titans. Um, really, the AFC is so up in the air right now. I, I, I can't even safely. Normally, about week eight, week nine, I can make a safe prediction right. of who would make the Super Bowl. And right now, I'm at a loss for words as far as the AFC goes. I, I just can't make a safe prediction because the Bills... I still think the Bills are the best team in the AFC, but the problem is the AFC is a dangerous round robin right now. Yeah, it's 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 always tough to tell. Yeah. Um, I mean Buffalo was, yay close to beating Tennessee. Yeah. They were just a fourth quarter, yeah, you know, a fourth down play away from, you know. All he had to do, I think, was uh, let's see. I I, I, don't, I can't remember if it was fourth and goal or something, but yeah, it was like that close. Tennessee yeah. has been looking good. Their defense has been showing up as of as of late. Hmm. Um, and their offense is eh, still so so. I will say this now, and I'll say it again: Derrick Henry is literally that offense. Yeah. 
if you take away Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans. But ain't you shit. can't. You can't take away Derrick Henry. That's the big thing. You can't take him away. He's he's gonna be there for the next four years and still be strong. I'm sure. Um, yeah, Tennessee but, would be dumb to ever get rid of De- Derrick Henry. To be honest, the Bills have the edge. But here's the thing. Now I think the Bills have a much slighter edge than they had three weeks ago. Okay, just because I'm not buying the Bengals yet. I'm not going to lie with you here. I just don't know if the Bengals are a different team now or if they're still that team that loses in the first round. So I'm still... Uh, I, I can't get a good feel for them yet. I really do think that you CJ Uzama has really yeah. been looking good as well. I mean, of yeah. course, they'll talk more about, you know, that yeah. offense there. But I want to buy into the Bengals. I think they have yeah. a good team. I think they've beaten up some See, decent teams. I'm still I mean, iffy. They also, you know, you know, they haven't gone up against a team like Tennessee, a team like Buffalo. So we really don't know yeah. how good they truly are. I guess we'll find out in the playoffs. Yeah. That's all See, I can say. Normally, I'd say the Chiefs are a threat, but the Chiefs are a mess right now. I yeah, mean, they're like, three and four. They're I'll... on the edge of possibly missing playoffs for the first time in quite some time. Put it this way, they'll win this week against the Giants. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. Yeah, on Monday Night pick. Football, probably. Um, they'll win that game, um, but bigger picture, though, they haven't beaten, to me, they haven't beaten any legitimate teams this year to really prove anything and to be honest if they're gonna keep flirting with 500 the rest of the way they're not gonna go far they're probably not even gonna make the playoffs because i don't think 10 and 7 gets you in the playoffs this year uh probably not well the thing is like now that you have a um odd number of games not an even number of games no team can end up being 500 yeah you either be above or under 500 see, see this isn't the afc anymore where there were three teams that were in the running. Now it's an AFC where any one of these seven teams that make the playoffs legitimately have a good shot. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not even saying that just because, you know, oh, seven teams in the playoffs. It it could be any one of these guys. No, like, this time I mean it. There are seven good teams that are going to make the playoffs from the AFC. And let's face it, all of them have picked off one of the better teams at some point. It's going to be that way. I mean, the Colts are starting to come to life at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Colts might steal a wild card. Um, you know, oh my gosh. You know, the Bengals, the Ravens, they're both going to be in it. Frankly, I wouldn't even rule out a Pittsburgh run at this point or a Cleveland run. I mean, let's and let's put it this way: Cleveland's been banged up the entire time, and they still are playing great. So, anyway, that's what I'm gonna leave. Okay, off. well, if, I'm gonna just say this now: if the if the NFL was to stop right now through Week Seven, the ASC and NFC, well, technically the ASC is the number one seed, is the Bengals. The number one seed is actually. The Green Bay Packers, I think, right now, since they just beat the Cardinals, or they could be the number two seed. Who yeah. knows? But if we were to, to go to us right now, it would be Bengals and Packers, I think, with the bye. It would be the Browns and Raiders. Yeah. 
the Chargers and Tennessee Titans. Actually, well, Tennessee Titans I'll see the, probably be above. I'm I wish this was more so into week eight. But I'm still but, not buying the Raiders. That's the only thing. I'm like, I know I just said any of the seven teams, but I'm not buying the Raiders still. I think they're going to fall apart, and now they don't have a good coach. So, I don't right. know. Um, but anyway, I'm going to move on to my third point here. We talked about coaches that were on the hot seat earlier this year. There's one that should have been fired last week. Brian Flores. Okay. Let's put it this way. The Dolphins have a top-tier defense right now. Um, Tua's been... Let me put it this way. Tua has beat my expectations at this point. He's playing pretty well. So, um, what I will say is that what's holding him back? Brian Flores is holding him back at this point. It's time for Brian Flores to go. I think, you know, yeah, it's, you know, he had a great year last year. He was 10-6, and missed the playoffs. But this year... I mean, he entered this season with a 50% chance of making the playoffs, is what I read. And now it's down to a 1% chance. You have a team right now that's built to win and compete in the AFC East, and you're floundering. Okay? It's time to go at this point. Normally, I wouldn't put a coach on a hot seat like this very early in, you know, like, after a good year, but... You know, you got a you got a team that's ready to win now. You got a quarterback in his second year. You got to make a you know you got you you can't afford to not be aggressive at this point with the coaching staff. So I'm pretty sure this I is think what it's time Flores for Flores like, to go. I think this is what it's his third year. Is his third year? Yeah. Because he had what he had Tannehill. Yeah. Before. No, I no, wait. don't remember honestly, but his first year. Oh no, I he remember, had Ryan. Yeah, his, Ryan, no, we're not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, had Fitzpatrick and Tua last year. Yeah, he had. I'm Fitzpatrick trying to remember who he had his before, first year. He had Fitzpatrick, and it was the year oh, they tanked for right. Tua. Remember, that was the year they were going to tank for the number one pick to get Tua. Right. So, again. um... Brian Flores has to go. That's the bottom line here. They just the problem know. is if they end up tanking for a number, another like top spot, and and the problem is they do not have a first round draft pick. Yeah. This year they traded it away to I think Philadelphia. Yeah. So they do not have a number one. Yeah, pick exactly. This year. So why are you tanking? It it, it makes no sense. See. You can try to know, trade for Deshaun Watson ain't going to change anything. See, it's going to probably make things worse because he hasn't played all year. Yeah. See, it's just, honestly, again, I don't think it's as much about the tanking because I don't think they really need a first-round pick right now. They have a good off. They have a good foundation on offense. They've got Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, Tua Tungavailoa. They got a pretty decent foundation over there. They got an amazing defensive front. You know, Xavier Howard's leading that defensive charge. So it's not as much about rebuilding. It's as much about getting the right coach to help them get there. Right. 
at this point. They need a culture now, change in a major way. I will. I will admit that. Now, I mean, if now if next year Tua doesn't really get now, I mean Tua to me has jumped a little bit. He's progressed a little from year one to year two. I wouldn't say he's progressed to to a franchise quarterback level, but they need to get that guy now that's going to help him get to that franchise quarterback level. I mean, he jumped from like here, he jumped up about two steps. They need him to get up to that point where they can take a chance on giving him that fifth-year option. And they need to get him to that point where maybe we can say, hey, you know, in year three is what I'm talking about. In year three, they need to get him to the point where, hey, we're thinking fifth-year option or we're thinking long-term contract. The problem with them not having a first-round draft pick is you could have used it on offensive line, yeah. and there's some really good offensive linemen and, that usually can be in yeah. the first round that you can grab. Now that they don't have a first-rounder, you don't know if there's going to be yeah. a solid... I mean, don't get me wrong, there could be some solid steals that you can get in the second round, too. I mean, Buffalo, yeah. at one point, didn't have a first-rounder, and in the second round, they grabbed after A.J. Epinesa, out of Iowa, and look what he's been doing for Buffalo yeah. this year. Having a really great yeah. breakout year in the second year in the NFL. Yeah. that that You don't know if Miami's going to get that kind of stellar offensive player in the second round. They can come in, yeah. automatically have an impact for them type See, of thing. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Miami's kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that they're one offensive, one good offensive line away from being able to one protect Tua because yeah. Tua shouldn't have to run around and try to save the team. Two, um, yeah, he's also widely inconsistent too. I I don't think that he's able to make the right kind of throws yeah. yet. I mean, but that's why I said it was a small progression from year one to year two because right. he's putting up the numbers that are slightly better. That's why mm-hmm. I said if they get a new coach that can take him from here to here. That would be good because that's what they need right now is a coach that can take them from here to here. I think so. if they got a coach that can work on his mechanics, I think that he yeah. might end up being a, a franchise quarterback. I don't want to compare quarterbacks, but look at what Josh Allen. When Josh Allen was able to work on his mechanics and get his accuracy and his timing yeah. down, he's become a more accurate quarterback. Exactly. So if I can, if Tua can do that, if he can. And it's tough for a left-handed thrower. It really is. I mean, which is weird because he's right-handed but throws the ball, and I think dribbles the ball left-handed. But here's but, what's. But here's what's going to put the pressure on Miami right now to make that decision. Okay, Justin Herbert was here last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he's right at where Tua was. You know, Tua is this year, last year. And now Justin Herbert is up here. Like, I mean, he's, to me right now, he's playing at a level where if this was his fourth year, he could get a big contract extension well, yeah. on it. Joe Burrow missed half of last year. Okay, Joe Burrow could very easily get a big contract extension if this was year four. Okay, and Zach Taylor has proven now to me that he is the right coach for the situation. Right. Um, you know, and then of course you see, um, you know, but like I said, those two honestly are the biggest ones to compare. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's, he's right about here. I mean, he really, to me, hasn't progressed much, but look, but look at what Philadelphia's got. Okay. 
there's the difference there. Philadelphia does not have a stellar offense by any means. No. <laughs> I mean, they have one big playmaker in the making in uh, Devontae Smith, but that's about it. See, if he had a sack, Ertz actually cared. Like, like a like, I, don't know, I wouldn't say he's getting out of his prime, but if yeah. they had more of like the Zach Ertz think, actually cared, I don't think they, if they had a prime Deshaun Jackson, yeah. Zach Ertz, um, they have plus, Dallas you know, Scott, Scott Smith playing pretty good. Like if they just like had some guys that could stay healthy and some great talent around him, I think Devontae um, or Jalen Hurts would do a little bit better. Yeah. But that that's that probably time to yeah continue on yeah, uh, to my to takeaways points. before we go on and on about yeah. it uh, i'm probably not gonna go too deep into them but my takeaways are um going off of like the the bengals there joe burrow and jamar chase might just be the new lethal yeah. tandem in the asc don't also discredit cj yazama as well because yeah. he's he's the fall really turning he's really the fallback tight end somebody yeah. that can help you know take the pressure off of jamar chase literally being that whole entire offense joe mixon's also really good so i think they have a great four piece mm -hmm. there because usually it's the quarterback receiver running back now right now i'm seeing it's more like a four piece it's you know burrow yeah. chase mixon and Uzama. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they have some other receivers and pieces that are good. Yeah, yeah. But Jamar Chase reminds me a lot of that prime AJ Green mm -hmm. with uh Andy Dalton. That's what it reminds me of. I just hope that it actually stands out that Jamar Chase can really do things with Joe Burrow. I mean, they they were great in college. I think they're gonna do even better in the yep. NFL, so that's why I'm thinking they're the new lethal tandem in the ASC probably going forward. Um, so going forward, I'm going to say, so far it's looking like the Madden curse has finally mm -hmm. hit Patrick Mahomes, as right now he's looking really crappy against the good teams, but really good against these bad teams. It, yeah. It's not looking very promising for the, the, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yes, I can say that they might beat the, Chi the Giants, but the Giants also mm -hmm. just beat beat up on the Panthers, who we thought were going to do really good this year. So, I don't know. It's tough to tell. Mm -hmm. but, Is this the point where maybe that they're going to have to make some coordinator changes, like uh, Spagnuolo's out? Um, because, let's face it, the Chiefs, have it, they've done enough to build that offense, but there's really nothing you can do when there's good defenses you're going against. That Right. Not to mention, watch the Super Bowl and saw how um yeah saw how the bucks exposed them um mm -hmm. but i will say i i just want to chime in a little bit here um i will say though they're doing the wrong method here is that the offense is not the problem over there the problem is the defense and they're doing nothing to fix it they're just saying ah let's just keep going patrick mahomes can fight his way out of this and it's gotten to the point now where that's not the case anymore. Right. So time to build the defense. Yeah, I agree. And it starts um, and it starts with getting rid of Brad Sorensen because I know a lot of people don't like him over there. Yeah. I mean and which is weird because he was with the team last year. Last he season. He did okay last year. And this year he's just 
I, got, I guess white man really can't run. The, <laughs> the the only thing the only thing good on that defense is uh, Tyron Matthew. That's it. And even he hasn't really showed shown out this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This defense really hasn't been relevant this year at all, and it's kind of sad. And honestly, it's kind of sad that Patrick Mahomes, who is supposed to be this great quarterback, can't do good. At, can't do well against a too high safety co- cover too. Yeah. Apparently, that's his weakness. Is the is that uh, two yep. deep safeties cover two defense? He he can't do anything against yep. it, which is. Teams, if you know anything, use that defense. Yeah. Use it until but he starts learning it. Right now, um, I'm going to go to my third pick before we go to our um, anchor break. The Packers right now are showing that they're the team to beat in NFC, but there's always a but. But they also, one, they did it against, you know, yes, they did it against the Cardinals, but they also did it against them without three of their top receivers. Two of them are on COVID. One's still on IR. So, you know, you have that. But can we talk about how AJ Green looked so foolish and did not even realize that the ball was coming his way whatsoever? Yeah. I think he he thought his route was to probably move to the left. So he thought, okay, maybe he was going to throw it to the left. No, he throws it to the right and easy Easy, probably the easiest interception that a defensive back could get, because he's right there. Mm. Threw it more to the defensive back than AJ Green. Picked off, game over. But I will say this now: if AJ Green was the know that that ball is going that way, oh, game over. It would have been Cardinals yeah. win. It would have been eight and zero. Oh, you yeah. know, and we would still be talking that- about how they're the team to beat in the NFC. That rematch in the playoffs, if it happens, will be a game to watch. Let's oh, and you know way. that 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 game film of that game would definitely be talked about. The, the, yeah. they pro- the Cardinals are probably going to go into week nine, and that game film is going to be on there. Yeah. And I bet you that coach is going to be like, yeah, Cliff King. You know, reaming AJ Green, reaming Kyler Murray for for that mm-hmm. big time. Make sure to get the chemistry together. So Exactly. Um, but as of right now, the Packers are showing that they're the team that beat see, in the NSCs. I I agree. But I will say they've shown this before and then they've lost in the NFC championship. So I want to see them get over that hump first before I even go there. I know. I'm really hoping so, that they can honestly get over that hump as well. Um because there's still teams like the Rams, the Bucks, the Cardinals. Um, yeah. um, the Cowboys, I won't even lie that they're looking mm-hmm. good. I'm not this buying. Year. I want to say that I want to say they'll get to the NFC Championship game. They'll get to the playoffs. They may win a playoff game, but yeah. that's probably about it. Exactly. Um, but with that, let's go to our uh, anchor break here. And when we come back, we'll have our week eight predictions and tinkle on this. So we'll be back in just a moment. All right, 9.33, week eight predictions. Um, anyway, Packers, or Panthers, Falcons, uh, Falcons with the three-point favorite. Uh, I, I, this one's, I'm, I'm probably going to go with Atlanta here, so the, the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers are falling apart. I'm going to go Falcons as well. 
Uh, Dolphins and Bills, you'll be in the stands for this one. Yes, Bills yes, are, I will. Bills are a 14-point favorite. I think we're both going to agree on this one. Yeah, even though Miami is apparently undefeated in Halloween games, I'm thinking Buffalo is going to ha- be focused, ready to go in their home yep. town. So Buffalo is going to get the win here against Miami. Yep, Bills all the way here. Um, anyway, 49ers-Bears. Um, looks like the Niners have a four-point favorite. No Matt Nagy either. Hmm. I don't think that's going to matter too much. I'm going to go with the Bears. I I think think the Bears will beat San Fran. I think it's going to matter more than you think. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say, though, the Bears will contend, but I'm going to go with the 49ers here. I, I think if Jimmy G is starting, he gives them the best chance to win. So... Um, anyway, now on to the next one. This one should be a good one after the last two games between these teams. Steelers and Browns. Browns are a four-point favorite. Mm. It all depends on if the Browns are going to have, well, one Baker and also the running backs back. But, um, Crisis can happen I want to say... I'm I'm still gonna give the edge to the Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. here. Honestly, uh, Browns. Browns are at home. I'll give the edge to the Browns as well. Um. Anyways, Eagles Lions. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles have a three and a half advantage. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna. I want to. I'm gonna change it up. I think I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm gonna say the Lions are gonna get their first win here You're against the Philadelphia Eagles. You're stealing my idea here. I'm telling you, Jared Goff's gonna get his first win without Sean McVay. On top of it, the Lions are gonna get their first win of the season. They're too good to me. I wouldn't say they're too good, but they're good enough to not be 0 and 7 right now. Oh yeah. Lions are gonna win this one. Um, Titans and Colts, the Colts with the two and a half advantage. Wow. <laughs> These two teams, they play each other tough. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis always has Tennessee's yeah. number in some way, but I just think that Terrick Henry is just too good this year. Yeah. I, I want to go Tennessee over Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm going to give Tennessee a slight edge. I'm going to tell you, though, the Colts, like you said, they're going to make it interesting. Um, Anyway, Bengals and Jets. Last year, this game would have been fantastic because both teams sucked. The Cincinnati Bengals, an 11-point favorite. Do we even have to make a pick here? No, Bengals. Bengals. (laughs) Um, This one we might not have to make a pick for either. Rams and Texans. Rams, 16-point favorite. Rams. Rams all day, but I I will say if Tyrod plays, it becomes an interesting game, and it is. I don't that, think so. I don't think so. Yeah. First off, he's been hurt the last few games, and he's also going up against a really good Rams defense. I I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chargers and Patriots, the first four o'clock game. Chargers a four and a half favorite. Uh. This one's going to be a tough one to probably 
say who could win, but I'm going to give the advantage to the Chargers, especially at home. Yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Patriots. I'm sorry. And they always seem to have the Chargers number, and I don't think this one's going to be any different. If there's one thing Hunter Henry's going to do, he is going to probably give away as much as he can on the Chargers offense this week to try to stop Herbert. So um, I'm going to give the Patriots the edge, and I think it's going to be a big win for them. Um mm-hmm. Anyway, Jaguars, Seahawks, um, the Seahawks, I believe, have a three and a half advantage. They still don't have Russell Wilson. Even after that bye week for Jacksonville, I just don't think they'll still get it together. Um, But then again, who knows? I want to say it's, I want to get the edge to Seattle. Yeah. Here. They're at home. They haven't won a game yet at home. This is where it ends. So Seahawks are going to win, I think. Um, Washington and the Broncos. Denver, three-point favorite. Yeah, Washington just doesn't have it going at all this year. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to come back to some form. I think Denver is going to get the win over Washington. I'm going to retract my statement on Taylor Heineke being their best situation to win. I think that ship has sailed. Um, I think the I think Broncos, they're just I think they're just waiting for Fitzpatrick to be back from yeah. injury <laughs> at Broncos, this point. Broncos are going to win. Um, it'll be close though. Both teams are really struggling. Um, Bucks and Saints, the game of the week. No Joe Buck in the booth this week. Um, he is in Atlanta covering the World Series. So uh, Bucks are a four and a half favorite. If you don't like Joe Buck, this is a game to watch. <laughs> um, definitely Tampa Bay over New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. They're the better team all around. So um, I'll go with that. Um, Sunday night football, Cowboys, Vikings. Um, should I note that Minnesota's a three-point favorite? But keep in mind, again, we don't know the status of Dak Prescott entering Sunday. So that could play huge in the decision. Mm. Uh, I'm probably going to go with Minnesota. Done. I think if Dak plays, the Cowboys win, but I'm going to go with Actually, I'm still going to go with Dallas by three, is what I'm going to say. Um, you know, Greg the leg will find a way to win it, if that's the case. Um, Chiefs and Giants. Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half favorite here. Hmm. And you know it's sad when Daniel Jones is listed as the leading rusher between both teams? <laughs> it's seriously what it says. I can't make this up. That's sad. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Only because one, they're at home. Yep. And two, because I just can't get get faith in the Giants. Yeah, they beat the Panthers, but the Panthers are just struggling right now. So... I, I want to give it to the Chiefs as much as I would love to see the Giants 
yeah. beat them and make them under five, uh, you know, make them three and five to really have to yeah. figure out what the hell they're going to do for the rest of the year. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Chiefs as well. Um, anyway, now before we forget, Thursday night football, and I said Thursday night football games were good, I now retract my statement from earlier in this show, because it's the Jets and the Colts, and the Colts are a 14-point favorite. Oh, uh, I'm going to go to the Colts over the Jets. Colts all day. So, um, sorry to over or talk over you there, but uh, Colts all day. Um, yeah, so. you know... It's going to suck to lose to Tennessee and then on a short week have to play up against the Jets, but the Jets just don't have it going mm-hmm. right now, honestly. So, Exactly. One thing that'll bear watching is what's going to happen to Marlon Mack before that game because he's been rumored on the trade block for a few weeks now. So we'll see hmm. what happens. I doubt it has any impact on this game, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. So, Tinkle on this. It's actually a story that trended all week so far. Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass this week. Um, Should we note that Mike Evans did not pay attention to what was coming as far (laughs) as records. And you'd think him being your buddy, you'd know. But he didn't. So, he throws the ball up in the stands for a fan. Um, to which um, I think it was a Tampa Bay representative. It might have been a Hall of Fame representative as well. They both had to go up and say, hey, that football needs to come with us. Um, We're going to offer you... Let me actually pull it up on my phone. So he gave away... So because of Mike Evans' mistake, it costed the team two signed jerseys and a helmet from Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats, a thousand bucks to the team store, two season tickets for the next two years, and a Bitcoin, which I believe was from Tom Brady himself. So, um, for that, Mike Evans, pay attention. He's your friend. You done, you done messed up, son. Yeah, you done <laughs> messed up, son. Tinkle on and this. And for that, you're on Tinkle on this for this week. Yep. Um, so... We actually have a lot of time left, so I guess we'll open up the floor here to this discussion. Um, We've been discussing it all week, um, you know, moral-wise, and I think this is actually a good one to discuss. So let's say you were the person in the stands that got the 600th touchdown ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you trade it in for two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady a signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats, a thousand bucks to the team store, two season tickets the next two years, and the Bitcoin that's worth at last at last check about sixty three thousand dollars, but you can't cash in. Yeah, I want to say that's a better offer because you don't know how much you're just gonna get for that ball. Don't get me wrong; it could be very valuable. Hmm. It probably already is, you know. Rumored to be about seven fifty k. By the way, rumored seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is what the game ball is worth. Reported. I want to say. I want to say the amount of stuff that he got is going to be a lot more money in the long run for Tom Brady the, and Mike Evans. Yeah. Than the, what the football is right now. Hmm. 
don't get me wrong, the football, if he kept it, and it's like, casually, you know, Tom Brady would be a Hall of Famer, retire, have all these records, and would, the, the, the value and price would have gone yeah. up and up and up, to even being like, well over a couple million dollars. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But, you have to look at it and be like, well, now I get season tickets that, you know, I don't have to worry about paying for. Yeah. You get two signed jerseys and a helmet, which is awesome. Hmm. Um, then you get another signed jersey and, and game-worn cleats. Like, that already is going to bring up the value itself. Yeah. Plus the Bitcoin, if you ever were to, like, sell that, even if it was to, like, go hmm. up in price, that already is going to earn you a shit ton of money. So... The big- and then also, you get to go on a nice spending spree on the on the team store. Shoot! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to buy a couple Shoot. jerseys, a, a couple real jerseys out of that. Real jerseys, real stitched jerseys. Yeah, not the thirty dollar uh, Chinese jerseys that you can buy. Yeah, these are like the nice, like a hundred, like two hundred, even three, four, five hundred dollar jerseys. So mm-hmm. he can literally like renovate his whole. Or not renovate his whole... Like, basically... Yeah. Turn his whole house into, like, Tampa Bay stuff, so... Um... I, I think it's worth it. You know... In return. That football was gonna be special. Um... Let's put But it you that. had to give... You had to give that ball back to Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm sorry. As much as, you know, as you would... Uh, you as a fan would love to have that football... See... Put it in a case, you'd be like, look, I have Tom Brady's 600th yeah. career touchdown pass football in my possession. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady would want that more because it's, special it's more valuable, him. it's more special to him than it is and to it's the not, fan. And it's not the price tag on it, it's the memory of it that's more valuable. Exactly. But what I will say is... I may say that I would never give it back, but to be honest, I mean, if I knew in the stands what it was worth, I probably wouldn't have, to be honest. Like, you know, just because, at least not for that price, I wouldn't have. To be honest, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not a cryptocurrency fan. Um, If anyone out there is listening and you know anything about crypto, please inform me on it because I really don't know much about it to really make a judgment call. (laughs) But to me... It just doesn't seem to add up. $61,393.90 is what it's worth as of today, October 30th. Um, so I, I don't know. Again, I'm not a huge fan of crypto, so I probably would have asked for it in cash, like 62 k or something. But, you know. Or check, check for 62 yeah, Or check. Um, you know, the signed by Tom Brady himself. I mean, the other question I have is where are these season tickets? Are they in like nosebleeds or are they like 50 yard line prime seating like we had at the Syracuse game? Not necessarily that high up, but I mean, like, you know, primo, like right in the middle of the field. Or yeah, even that's 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 a good question. I would assume it'd have to be really good, or because I think what they probably did is they gave him. What would be about the same value yeah. and all of that as it would be for the football itself? Yeah. I think that's what they probably did. Or, and then this is the big or in it, is it worth the same 
you know, is it the same seats that he had at that game? That's another thing that you got to factor in. It probably could have um, been. But what I will say is you got two free years of games, which is great. Um, you know, again, the memorabilia, that's priceless. Um, but here's the thing, though. Um, again, going back to it, if this football say is worth 750000 um, granted, I don't think it is right now. I would estimate, you know, I don't know anything about value, but I can tell you when he retires, it's going to go up in value. Right. God forbid, God forbid he passes away after he retires, you know, then that value is going to skyrocket. Okay. No, uh, no, no question there. It's going to skyrocket if he passes away. God forbid it happens. Um, but then, of course, you factor in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame just as quick as Peyton Manning was in the Hall of Fame. It may right. not, there may not even be a discussion when it comes time. Say he retires after this year. You know, he'll be eligible in 2027. There's no question that there won't even be a debate. They're just going to say he's in. Plain and simple. They're going to be like, <laughs> fuck it, you're in. Okay. Right. There's n no debate there. Um... You know, so, I, I don't know. See, I would probably give it back, but here's the thing. He did go on the NFL Network this week, by the way, um, this fan, and he actually got asked, you know, what he thought, you know, he wanted in return and whatnot. He said, to be honest, I would have just taken a round of golf with Brady. Hmm. Okay. I would have said, okay. You know, I hope personally, Tom Brady, I doubt you're watching this, but Tom Brady, give this man a round of golf. Do it with Gronk. Do it with Mike Evans. The three, you know, the four of you can go out on the course and have a grand old time. Um, you know, there's so many good courses out in Tampa Bay, I'm sure, and in Florida in general. Right. Take this man out for a round of golf. Come on. Even take him out for lunch. Just don't give him that vegan shit that you've been eating, okay? <laughs> give right. him a fucking give him a fucking steak, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. Um but to be honest, that kind of memory though is priceless compared to everything else that he's getting out of this. Right. That memory is gonna be priceless. Give it to him. It's the least you could do. For the fact yeah. that for the fact that he did the right thing by giving the football back for as little as he kinda made on it. Right. Um you Is know. there any way we can <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you're here. you're fine. Um so but that's what I was gonna end it with. Um you know, give it to him. I mean, cause look, the stuff you're giving him monetary wise is priceless mm -hmm. compared to the memory that he could have that's go into the world and say, I just went for a round of golf with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Mike Evans, and I got right. the picture to prove it. So, all so right. that might be even more valuable than the football. So. Yeah, yeah. To me, that would be more valuable. I don't like, you know, when I go to the races, I ask for pictures with drivers because, to me, that's more valuable than the autographs are. So I'll right. leave it at that. Thank you guys for watching, um, and we will see you back here next Sunday. Till then, goodbye, everyone.